It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we're talking about support, how to get better at asking for it. Then I get to be vulnerable and share with you that this is something that I have been working on for years. There's such a difference between help and support. Help is like, gosh, I'm on fire and I can't put this fire out and I absolutely cannot do it. I need somebody to do it for me. So there's, there's an emergent situation. It's something that I absolutely cannot do. And so help is when we step in and support what well, we I mean, see. I'm intermixing those words. Help is when we step in because someone cannot do it. But support is very different. Support is when someone is very capable of doing it, but we step in because we are truly being, being the gift for someone else. Because it's not that we can't do something. I can do a lot. I can do almost anything. But sometimes that's not supportive to me and it's not supportive to everyone around me. And so actually asking someone, could you support me with this task? Could you take my kids to school? Could you pick my kids up at night? Could you complete this task for me? Support is stepping in and it is a giant gift. And I'm going to share with you, I was thinking about how do I actually share with you these times where I've been struggling with support and really understanding the difference. And I'm going to read to you chapter six of my book, Joy in Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. It's called How We Create Neediness. Now, when I wrote this chapter, this, this book I really wrote after there were a couple of key incidents in my life. I was running multiple businesses. I had uh, my, my husband had almost died a few different times. My youngest son had been very sick. And so in this book, I document some of the, the things that have been going through my mind as I journeyed through this experience of understanding what support really looked like. So I'm going to read this to you. It's, it's about, it'll take me a couple minutes to get through it. So here you go. As I grow older and focus on earning money and creating the life I want with kids, a husband, a house, and a dog, the opportunities for me to be responsible increase, and it nearly kills me. Who had I become? I am the one you come to when you have a problem and you need someone to listen. I lend an ear and give everything of myself to you. I am focused, present, and loving, and I see you. I really see you. I am the one who you come to when your business isn't where you want it to be and you need support. I listen to your challenges and we spend time heartstorming way cooler term than brainstorming. As humans, we spend so much time in our brains, but our real magic is when we drop into our heart and create from that space. I am the one you come to when you just need to look at life differently. We clear away all the story and just focus on your vision. I am the one who believes in you when you don't believe in yourself. I am Josh's wife, you know, the spouse of the guy who owns three gyms and two martial arts studios. Yes, I am referred to as the spouse, even though we're partners in the gym. I am a mommy to three boys. I am the one who brings extra snacks to the play date at the park because what if someone else's parents forget? I am the homeroom mom and the art room volunteer and the one the teacher feels comfortable calling and saying, we need an extra hand in class. Can you come help us? I am the one who makes sure her kids go back after baseball or taekwondo practice and thank their coaches for being there and helping them. I am the Sunday school teacher. I'm the one who picks up chairs after the music concert because many hands make light work. I'm the one who promises her kids I will be first in line at school pickup one day. So I bring my computer and work for my car for two hours. I am the one who loves to go to your child's party at the zoo or the gymnastics center 
But when my kid asks for a Harry Potter party that would make Universal Studios take note, we go all out. We spend 100 hours hand sewing potion books, painting a platform nine and three quarters brick wall, painstakingly crafting capes and badges. We even have a sorting hat that is, of course, rigged up to a phone that can sort the kids into houses, just like in the books. We bring our handmade invitations with the Harry Potter font and a Hogwarts Express ticket to Harry Potter World and Universal Studios, where they are hand stamped with the official Hogwarts stamp. Yes, this happened. Stop judging. I am the one whose kids want to be little entrepreneurs, so instead of just putting a lemonade stand on our street corner, I create an entire kids and biz fair so they could really get a taste of what business is like. I am the one who is calm in a crisis. When my husband nearly dies in 2011, I don't freak out. I calmly examine the situation and determine what to do next. I'm the one who passes the certified public accountant's license exam on the first attempt only to transition out of that career because I'm a much bigger path that I could not fully comprehend. I am the one who starts her first business when she was six months pregnant with her first child while everyone thinks she's crazy. I'm the one who proves them wrong and builds something other people want to be a part of. I am the one who is tired. No, exhausted. I make myself a living superhero. I even take an online quiz to find out my superhero name and not surprisingly, it's Mrs. Sunshine. Yes, that's me. I am a ray of sunshine. You're having a bad day? Kathleen will cheer you up. You need help? Kathleen is here. You have too much on your plate? Give it to Kathleen. Your emotions are too much to carry? Hand Kathleen some. She'll carry the load. And I love it. All of it. Only I'm tired because I forgot to take care of myself. There are so many people around me willing to support me, but I don't see it. In all my need for being responsible, somehow I connect being supported as being irresponsible. I develop an I've got it attitude and don't let them assist me despite their best efforts. What's an I've got it attitude? It means I take care of everything myself. So I create a lot of opportunities to prove that I've got it. A few years ago, my friend Tammy asked me, how can you handle so much? This is a question I have heard so many times. Each time it feels like a pat on the back. I think I'm doing a good job being responsible and helping everyone. Then I realize what she is really saying. She means, why do you handle so much? Why? What a great question. The reality is that I don't realize how much I'm handling. I don't realize how much people were asking of me and how much I accept. In my pursuit to be needed, I am doing things for everyone, which means they didn't have to do them. I link supporting others with doing things for them. Life is not easy and the stuff I'm being handed is big. So that is chapter six in the book. It's called How We Create Neediness, but the book, Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. It's on Amazon if you are interested in reading more. But the whole point of sharing that with you is that it gives you a glimpse into what, what my life is like. And so when we get into those spaces where we are high performers, where we can play at a level where we are moving quickly, where we are handling a lot of things, oftentimes what happens is People do not know how to step in and support us and they really want to. And so when they don't know how to support us and we, like, I don't know how to translate that for them, then it doesn't happen. And so there are lots of people that want to support, but when Kathleen can't see that support, then Kathleen can't ask for it. And in return, Kathleen can't receive it. And so if you're anything like me, when I'm describing that situation, that's very real. And I can tell you the result of that for me, because this book, I wrote it, well, I published it in 2020. But I, uh, this was a, a culmination of many years of, of thoughts. And so I've grown a lot since really discovering that point in my life. And what I realized was as much as I did want support, I didn't know how to ask for it. I didn't know how to be specific. And even deeper than that, I didn't even really know what support would look like. Because while that sounds so simple, well, Kathleen, gosh, just don't take the treats to school. Don't do it. I really enjoy that. All of those things, all of those things mentioned in the book, the, the birthday party that I was describing, that was one of my, probably my top five experiences with my kids. It's not something I would want to replace. 
And so if that's my priority, it's looking at all of the other things that are on my plate and how do I get support in those areas? This Christmas, I decided, I had, actually at Thanksgiving, I made my sisters these Santa outfits. I think I talked about it in a show a few weeks ago. I made the, I, I crochet these. Now, now, please don't think that I am this phenomenal crafter. What really happened was three years ago, I found this, this book and I wanted to, uh, wanted to make these as a joke for my sister. And so I spent the last three years crafting these Santa outfits, like learning how to like practicing and other things. And so I, I got just good enough that I could master this outfit. And so I made one and my dad says, oh, I really want one, a picture of three, I have two sisters. So of the three of you in front of the fireplace with these Santa outfits on. So I got busy doing this crafting and it took a lot of time. <laughs> and actually I, my sister-in-law is listening. I'm working on hers now. So that one's going a lot faster, but I will have that one done by Christmas Eve. So I've got another project on my hands, but I say this because there are lots of people around me that are much more gifted in this area and, and probably faster than I am. And there's no reason I couldn't ask for support in that. The only thing standing in the way is me. And so what often gets in the way of us asking support, it could be pride, ego, thinking no one will show up for us, whatever that is, that that's the piece. So when we say doing the work and understanding, we get to understand for you, what's in the way of you asking for support? Because whatever's in the way of you asking for support in one specific area is actually in the way of you asking for support in every area of your life. You know that emoji with the head? Like mind blown. That's what I'm talking about. How we show up anywhere is how we show up everywhere. You've heard me reference that on the show before, and it's the exact same thing with support. So when we don't ask for support, when we put everything on our plate, then we get into overwhelm. That was the topic of a show a few weeks ago. Why are we so overwhelmed? Because we say yes to things. And even when we get ourselves into a space where we are saying yes, it's okay to ask for support. But we create ways in our life where we don't allow people in. We don't allow people to love us in a way that looks, that's supportive because we don't often know what is supportive. And so what I want to talk about today are some tools that can support you, hear that word, that can support you in leaning in and asking for support. First off, support is not weakness. So receiving support does not make you weak. It doesn't make you irresponsible and it doesn't make you needy. There is a a thought of, in the world. Okay. We have givers and we have takers. Givers are people that, that openly give. And so a lot of the givers. So I know that I am a, I am a giver in my life and I, I never want to be thought of as a taker, somebody who just takes and takes, you know, who I'm talking about, you know, those people that just take that just, they don't give, they're just constantly in the taking role. I would never want to be considered a taker. So I go out of my way to not be considered a taker. But let me give you an example of what happens. What happens if you make, it's the holidays, you spend hours in your kitchen, you're making baked goods, and you decide that you're going to take them to your neighbors. And you push, you put this nice package together, this plate of cookies with wrapping on it and you get all bundled up because it's cold outside and you walk across the street to your neighbors and you say, I made these for you. Happy holidays. And they say, oh, that's so sweet of you, but no, thank you. And you think, well, that, that's weird. I, no, I know really I made all of these. I would like you to have them. They say, oh, no, 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 thank you. And your neighbor doesn't take them because your neighbor doesn't want to be a taker. 
And then you walk home with your plate of goodies and you're really sad because you wanted to give this gift to your neighbor, but because your neighbor couldn't receive a gift because he thought it would be needy or she thought that that would be being a taker, she didn't accept the gift. And then that makes this giver feel bad and sad. And so sometimes there are people all around us that want to give most of the time, but we aren't in a space to receive because it feels like taking. So that's the mentality we get to shift is that if you're a giver, you're a giver. And so it's okay to receive. It's okay to accept support from somebody else. If somebody is generously offering you something, thank you would be, the, would be an okay thing to say. And you can take the goodies. You can take them. You can say, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me because you're actually giving a gift to the person that's offering you this plate of goodies. Thank you. You're receiving the gift. So this simple act, while it sounds like, okay, well, that's a no brainer. This is what trips people up. Think about when somebody comes to you and they say, Hey, I have some feedback for you, or I have advice or consultation. How many times do you shut them down without listening? It's the same thing. They have a gift for you, but because it might not be packaged in the way that you might expect it or see it, then you, you, you won't accept it. So think about how this is coming up for you in your life. How many times have people handed you a gift, but you didn't see it that way? Now, the best gifts in life often come wrapped in poo. This is something I speak about a lot when I'm on the stage. I speak about the poo-wrapped gifts. Nobody wants to dig into a poo-wrapped gift. I don't want poo on my gift. I'm telling you, if there are Christmas gifts under the tree wrapped in poo, I'm probably not going to be that excited. But the reality is in life, our best gifts, our best lessons, they come wrapped in poo. And it's the people that are willing to dig in and get dirty to see them. And that is exactly what happens when people hand us a plate of goodies and we say, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. And so today we get to shift the paradigm. We get to say, thank you. Thank you. I accept your gift. That's the difference. When we are willing to receive support, we are actually giving. When we're willing to receive support, it's actually, that is a gift. We're giving a gift to somebody else because that's the time where they got to give. We can't, if, if we can't receive, you can't, there's not a giver. So you got to have a giver and a receiver in order for support to be exchanged. So sometimes you're going to be the receiver. Sometimes you're going to be the receiver. And so when we're talking about support, we also get to talk about receiving, not just giving. All right, guys, we are going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we've got a lot more to dig into. We're going to talk about some tools that we can use to support us in receiving and giving support. Enjoy this quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Talk to you in a minute. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world 
knowing your voice matters, and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And so what we're talking about today is support, how to get better at asking for it. And so one of the things that uh, I see when people struggle with support, so I, I coach a lot of executives, and one of the things, especially that they're high performers. So one of the challenges with executives that I see is that they're so used to having to get where they got based on what they can create. But when you're an executive, like that might be the path to get there. But when you're playing at that level, it's not about what you can create anymore. It's about what you can evoke in others, which means you can't do it all on your own. And you've got to be able to accept support of those around you and ask for support of those around you. Right now, I've got an employee in one of our companies uh, who wants to do it all on his own. It's not that he doesn't want others around him. It's just that he hasn't quite learned how to play team with the people around him. And so playing team means that I get to ask for support for others. It's not about me doing it. We don't need stars. Everybody can't be a star in the in the the world of business. We can't have everybody as stars. We have to have star makers, which means people that are willing to ask for support, people that are willing to see the growth in other people and what's possible and support them in creating it, which means we get to be really great at asking other people to do or be things, do or be things. So what that might sound like is, hey, I've got this project. I've got uh, this is my to-do list for the week, actually. So I've got on this list a to-do list. I've, it's been growing. Uh, and it's the holidays. And so it doesn't have to be as long as it normally is. And so I might have things on my list that somebody else is better suited to do or create. And so it's my job as the executive to say, hmm, okay, so this thing on my list actually would be great if if this person on my team was able to create that. So my job is not to do it. My job is to evoke it. Now, let me give you this example of how I use this at home. Because at home or at business, it's the exact same thing. It's teaching a skill that's not me doing it. Now, every week, we wash our sheets. Some people wash them every day. Some people don't wash them. Some people wash them once a month. We wash our sheets, our bed sheets, once a week. And so that usually happens on a Saturday or a Sunday. So each week, my husband and I ask the kids, can you take the sheets off of your bed? They're not our beds. We take our own sheets off of our bed, but we ask our boys to take the sheets off of their bed. And then they, they put them in the hallway upstairs in the center. They kind of throw them against a the door. And typically what happens is either myself or my husband, we grab a basket and we put the sheets in the laundry basket and we take them downstairs and we either put them in the washer or we ask one of our kids to put them in the washer and then from the washer, they go under the dryer. Well, I know this is a long, extensive detail of how we wash our sheets that you may or may not care about, but bear with me. When they get into the dryer, we often take about two spins in the dryer, meaning one full cycle, and then most of them are done, but there's still a few that aren't done. So we have to take it out, sort through what's done and what's not done. And then we go through it, dry it again, and then they're ready to go. But then they have to go back upstairs and be put on the beds. Well, this is a long process. 
So it doesn't mean that you have to sit and watch the dryer or the washer or the dryer the entire time, but it is about creating this process. So if I was to look at my to-do list, sheets would go on there, but I don't have to be the one that does this. I do not have some magic washing machine lesson, life certification. Like that doesn't exist. I've just had a mastery of, of washing clothes because I've done it for my entire life. That's not true. My parents did it when I was younger, but I've done it for a significant portion of my life, like most of you. So yesterday, what I asked of my oldest son, he's 13, I said, Caden, would you support us with washing the sheets this week? And he says, oh yeah, okay, mom. I said, well, okay. Now what I know about Caden is that he's a yes to a lot of things, but he doesn't often pay attention to the details. And so I said, well, would you be open to hearing what support looks like? They said, yeah, mom, of course. So I said, okay. The first step is that you get to coordinate the sheets coming off the beds. Because in Caden's mind, Caden goes to doing, I have to take all the sheets off the beds. And I said, no, no, no. You get to coordinate the sheets coming off the beds. Just make sure that it gets done. Then you get to move them down to the washer, from the washer to the dryer, from the dryer upstairs, and then you get to coordinate them going back on the beds. And I was very specific about the word coordinate because I know in Caden's mind, he heard, I now have to undress these beds and then dress them back up again, put the sheets back on the beds. And this, this task that really didn't need to be a big deal became this huge deal in his mind had I not emphasized the word coordinate. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm not asking you to take the sheets off the bed. I'm asking you to coordinate the removal of the sheets. And so what I witnessed was because I was that specific with Caden, I said, Caden, will you honor my request? He said, yes. And Caden made sure that his brothers got the sheets off the bed. Caden made sure that the sheets got down into the washing machine. Caden made sure that the sheets got into the laundry. Now, Caden had a concert yesterday and he was gone for a period of time. And so my husband stepped in and supported him with going through that first load to make sure that the the dry sheets came out and then it got spun again. But as soon as he got home, we said, Caden, could you make sure that you get the sheets from the dryer upstairs? And he did. He got them upstairs and then he sorted through them and he put the sheets that were his brothers into each of their rooms. And he let them know that the sheets were now in their rooms and that they could put them on their beds. And he ensured that they put them on their beds. He asked them, by when can you get these sheets on your beds? I did not have to do that. He did all of it. And guess what? When the boys went to bed last night, they all slept in beds with sheets on them that they put on. I mean, I feel like this is a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Now, I might be exaggerating just a little bit there. Uh, My kids are quite capable. But what I'm saying here is that I got to be specific on what support looked like. Could I have done that laundry? Absolutely. Would it have added maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever time to my plate? Yes. But what I got to do instead was wrap Christmas presents yesterday. What I got to do instead was rest for a little bit. What I got to do instead was enjoy time with my family. Because I was specific on what support looked like. Because I said to my son, it's not about you doing It's about you coordinating these two pieces. It meant that we all got to play. We all got to help out a little bit. But what I know, what I know is that I oftentimes forget the step of saying, hey, could you support me with the laundry? I forget to be specific about saying, hey, what support looks like is that you coordinate the sheets coming off the bed. 
Remember how we show up anywhere is how we show up everywhere. So when we coordinate, we take this exact same example and we take it back into business. What I realize that I do is that I put things on my plate that don't need to be on my plate. That other people would be happy to do, but because I'm not giving it to them, they don't get to step up and have that task. They don't get to learn because I've robbed them of that opportunity. And that's often what happens when we don't ask for support from people. We're we're robbing them of the opportunity to grow and learn. As executives, we have things on our plate that people could grow and learn into. But we're sitting here saying, ah, I have so much to do. How am I ever going to get it done? When people around us are saying, gosh, I just wish that she would or he would allow me to take on one of those things. I wish that they would see that there's support around them. This is real life. I am talking to employees all the time that are having this conversation. They're saying, my boss holds on to all the stuff so I can't learn and grow. There's no opportunities. I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere where people will give me the support, will let me to grow, will allow me to stand along them and will play team with me. This is real life. This is what's happening. And so we can practice this with any task with something at home. So I invite you right now to look at your to-do list, to look at it and say, what is on your to-do list that only you can do? So of the however many items you have on your to-do list, what is it that you could have someone else do? And remember, you might do it at your version of 100%. They may do it at their version of 90%. And in reality, 80% is probably fine. Most tasks are complete in excellence at 80%. In our minds, we add the extra 20%. We add that it has to be done this way. But in reality, the this way doesn't actually add value back into whatever the task is. Now, there are exceptions to every piece of that, but think about it. Let's see. Let's just take this back to another example at home. Sugar cookies. This is one of my favorite examples sugar cookies. You've all seen these perfectly crafted cookies. Like they look delicious. Like you would pay money at a store for these delicious cookies. Those are not my sugar cookies. Those would, might be somebody else's sugar cookies, but they're certainly not mine. Mine have frosting on them and some sprinkles on them. And they really don't look that great, but they, they taste pretty good. But what happens is I make the sugar cookies. I enjoy the process of making the dough. I don't mind the process of rolling the dough out. I'm less enthused about the process of actually putting the cookie cutter into the cookie. And by the time they actually get baked, if I remember to take them out on time, because by this time I'm bored and I want to move on, then we actually have to let them cool. And by that time, the decorating, it's like, oh, this is painful. That's how my mind works. I love the start of something, but I don't love the finish of it. The continuity piece, I want to celebrate at the end, but that continuity piece, that part's boring for me. But what I realized is my husband is really great at making sure that once the cookies get into the oven, that they come out at the ideal temperature. And even better, if they come out flat or not looking that great, he knows how to add to the recipe so that the next batch turns out better. Now, I am a culprit of flat cookies. Like my chocolate chip cookies, they just don't turn out well. They're always flat. He knows that I typically don't put enough flour in there because I'm an ish baker. And for any of you that know what I'm talking about, ish doesn't really work in baking. Baking is a science. And so you got to be really specific, but I'm a promoter. I like to just kind of throw things in and see what happens. But 
that's not really the science of baking that that really works. Now, somehow I did produce great Christmas cookies this year. So as much as I'm giving myself a hard time, what I'm telling you is I figured out that my husband is really great at once they go into the oven, he's really great at watching them and making sure that they'll come out delicious. And then my kids really love the art of the create the decoration of the cookies. So I don't actually have to finish the decoration of the cookies. All I got to do is start the batter, get the batter going, and they will take care of the rest. It's beautiful. You know what happened to me the other day? I was making Chex Mix. This season has not all about been about food, even though that's what I've been talking about for a while. But I was making some Chex Mix the other day. I had it in the oven. And if you guys have ever made Chex Mix, you mix it every 15 minutes. Well, I turned it on. And then 15 minutes later, I took it out and I mixed it up. And then at 30 minutes, I took it out and I mixed it up. And I realized not that, I mean, I used the oven mitts and everything. I didn't even realize it wasn't warm. What I realized, I looked at the oven and I thought, the clock's showing up there. Usually there's numbers. I wonder what's going on. I realized I hadn't even turned on the oven. My gosh, my mind was somewhere else. And I said to my husband, oh my gosh, the Chex Mix, it is ready to go. But I just, I cooked it for 30 minutes and the oven wasn't even on. And he laughed at me and said, typical Kathleen. And then he took care of the last hour, like the actual hour. The Chex Mix turned out really well. I think the secret is like 30 minutes of marinating in a cold oven. (laughs) I'm just going to sit with that one for a second. Anyway, making fun of myself. But when I ask, when I'm telling you about receiving support, what I want you to hear, the lesson is that sometimes uh, we aren't so great at some things, but other people around us are. And now that I figured out that my husband is really good at, he doesn't want to start it. He doesn't know, he doesn't want to start the checks. He doesn't necessarily want to start the cookies, but he doesn't mind being a piece of the process. And when I realized that, when I saw that, wow, that's a, that's a gift of his to be okay picking up where I've left off and really taking something across the finish line, that was beautiful because it released me from knowing that I have to be a part of every single process. I can get something started and then have him either be the middleman or the completion. My, my kids can finish it. I don't have to do everything. I just get to be the spark. I get to be the spark. And that's my zone of genius. It's where I'm really good getting people excited and then letting them do their thing in the process. But if I'm sitting here burning cookies and being bored and not decorating them, nobody's getting cookies. Nobody gets the opportunity to eat them. It's just a disaster. And so take that thought into your workplace and think about how often you're attempting to play roles that aren't yours that somebody else could do really, really well. But you're robbing them of the opportunity to do that because you're not asking them to support you. And if you did, what would that create? What if you are the spark? What if you got things started and you found the people around you that got to support you? Or maybe you're the person like my husband who wants to be right in the middle. And so you get to partner with somebody that wants to be the spark. Or maybe you're the creator at the end that makes things really pretty and you get to partner with the other people that are the ones that are sparking and the ones that are are getting it most of the way and you're the finisher. These are all valuable jobs. There isn't one that's better than the other, but understand where your gift is and be very clear to others about how you can support. I'm really great at the finishing tasks. I am the frosting to your cookie. Think about that for you. What role do you play? And how, how do you get to offer that 
to somebody else. Because part of the challenge as a high performer, if we are moving at a, at a million miles a minute, we're not always looking at the gifts that people are. So we as high performers, we get to do that as executives, as, as coaches, as managers, as leaders, we get to understand the gifts of everybody around us, but it makes it a lot easier when somebody understands their gifts and can articulate it, can articulate it. Say, this is my gift and this is how I get to support. All right, we got so much more, but we're going to go on a really quick break. And when we get back, we'll give you more tools about how to ask for support. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show. We're talking all about support and how to get better at it, about better about asking for it. So one of the things that I've noticed when it comes to support is that we aren't specific about what support looks like. Now, next week, so I'm giving you a little sneak preview. Next week, we're talking about the one thing method. This is a show you're going to want to watch. It has to do with how you set your goals, especially as we come into the new year. It has to do about how we get really specific. So make sure you catch that show. And one of the things that we're going to talk about in that show is that oftentimes we have this challenge with being very specific about what we want, what we desire. And so it's kind of like you got one foot in front and one foot behind and you're in this wobble. So I give these, this presentation, I, I speak all over the world, and I was, I was presenting a few weeks ago and I asked people a, to be very specific about like something that they wanted to create, a goal that they wanted to create. And when I ask this question, typically I, what I get is kind of a wishy-washy answer, not in the desire piece. I think we inherently know what we want, but we don't we're not comfortable committing to a timeline on it. So I had one lady who said, I would really like to go on a vacation. Okay, awesome. Where would you like to go? She knew she wanted to go to California on a vacation. I said, when would you like to go to California on vacation? She's like, ah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, COVID, you know, all these, all these reasons. She, she wasn't comfortable giving them my win. She just said, well, next year. Like, you know, I get that, but let's be specific. By March 1st, by June 1st, by August 1st, by November 1st, by December 31st, when would you like to go on this vacation? And she says, um, by June 1st. Like, okay, great. So now we've got a very specific date. And I said, well, where in California would you like to go? And she says, I, I don't really don't know. And I said, well, what do you like? She says, well, you know, I, I really like, like, wine and oh it's okay so sonoma valley maybe napa valley something in there you could go enjoy the wines and she said well that 
that sounds fun. And so she started really thinking about where she might go. Like you could go to San Francisco and then go up to Napa Valley and she could have this entire experience, but she got to be specific about what she wanted. And as she got more specific about what she wanted, there were other people that would chime in and say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Like, have you thought about this? And when people painted the picture for her, it's like an artist who's got a paintbrush and it gets clear, the picture gets clearer and clearer. And as she, this, this lady, as she was getting more specific about her interests and what sounded great, other people were chiming in with information that was a little bit more relevant to her desires and her goals. And so I, as a facilitator, just kept guiding this tighter and tighter. And all of a sudden she got it. She said, by, excuse me, by June 1st, I will go to Sonoma, to, to Napa Valley. I will go to Napa Valley and I will visit three wineries. And I will uh, enjoy myself. Like celebration was a big piece because that was something that was missing for her. And we realized, wow, okay, that, that is a powerful girl goal. So by June 1st, she will do this. All right. Now that somebody can hear that goal, when she says to someone else, hey, I'm going to Napa Valley. And then but I've been in Napa Valley. I could say, okay, well, these are the wineries that I love. What are the wineries that you might think about? Now she can receive support because we're specific. That's very different than, uh, I'd like to go to California sometime. So we're going to talk about the one thing method next week, but what, what I'm hearing this and how it relates to support is the more specific that we can be in what we want to create, the more others can step in and support us. So asking for support, a piece of that is being specific about what we want. Allow ourselves to be specific. Because when we're wishy-washy, when we aren't willing to commit to our goals, our dreams, our vision, then no one else around us knows how to support us. Has anything like this ever happened to you in the work setting? I mean, hallelujah, yes, all the time. When somebody says, hey, we're going to hit a million-dollar growth goal in the next three months, like, okay, great. So how? Uh, okay, like there's no specifics. That's a very different goal than saying this product line, we're going to go into this new market and we're going to hit a million dollars by in, in the next 90 days. Okay, got it. Okay, I've got a little bit more meat on there. So now we can talk about the wheels underneath it and how to make that happen. But big fuzzy ideas sometimes are, they're wonderful to have in play, but the more specific that we can be, the more others can step alongside us. My to-do list is very specific. The one I referenced a few minutes ago, it's very specific. Do this, it's very doing based. Okay, so I can easily say, okay, so these stones, this is one thing that's on my list. No joke, you guys, I can't make this stuff up. I'm gonna buy these stones for martial arts. For, that's one of our businesses. Now, everybody on our team has credit cards. These are like $20 stones. There's absolutely no reason that I have to have this on my list. But for some reason, this is on my list but I could easily give that to somebody else who would have had this done. It's been on my list for two weeks. They would have had this done and been super excited about it, been waiting for them. But for some reason, this is still on my list. Why wouldn't I let somebody else support me with that? What is it that's meaning Kathleen's the only person that can do that? Now, we all have these silly things that end up on our list. Now, it's not that that is silly. It's said it's silly that I wouldn't allow support to get that off my list. I am not the one that has to be doing that. Think about that for you. What is it that's on your list that isn't something that you even need to do? Think about that. 
Now I love picking my kids up from school. It's something that I do every day. Well, not every single day, but most days. But it doesn't always work with my work schedule. Sometimes I have meetings that come up and, and most of the time I'll make arrangements to them, but I know picking up my kids is important to me. So there's nothing wrong with picking up my kids. It just means that my workday is going to end earlier than most of the world's because my kids get out of school at 3.20. And so I get to be in line by three o'clock. Now, is it efficient for me to do that? Maybe, maybe not. My kid's school has an auction and they auction off a special space. But I watch, you guys, I watch this like a hawk. The parents that buy these, these spaces, they, they go for like two, $3,000. And at first I thought that was crazy. Like who would pay two or $3,000 for this parking spot for the year? But I watch this. And these parents, they come in. And so we, we, while I've been waiting in line for 20 minutes, they just come in, pull into their spot, their kids get out and they leave. And then it pickups, it's drop off. At pickup, they pull up. That like one minute before school gets out, their kids walk out to the car and they're gone. And they've spent like the total of three minutes in the parking spot. And I've spent like 30 minutes here by the time I get my kids. And I think 30 minutes, even, even three or four days a week, every week of the school year, that, that time that I could get back, maybe they are onto something. <laughs> like they figured this out and I'm the one that has it. And now it doesn't mean that I'm just sitting in my car. I've created a both end. I've been in meetings on my car. I've, I've worked from my car. There's all kinds of uh, different experiences that I can have in my car that still allow me to get that space for work done. But these parents, I, at first I thought they were crazy, but then I got really curious and I figured out, I think they've got, they're the one, they've got this figured out. That, that value of having that space where you just drop in and drop out, that is really valuable. So now I'm interested. I may, I may have to do that. But think about that for you. What's the value for you? How many times have you had something on your list that's really not working for you? It doesn't mean that you have to do it. So why not ask somebody around you? Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons that we don't typically do that is what happens if you ask somebody around you and they say no? That's uncomfortable. If they say no, like you're finally, you worked it up. You're like, I'm going to ask for support. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out. People, I've listened to this show and Kathleen told me to ask for support and I did it. And then the person that I went to, I said, hey, could you support me? And they said, no, they shut me down. I'm never asking for support again. That's what might go through our heads. But actually we get to hear that as it's okay. For whatever reason, that was not the person that was able to support us, but it doesn't mean that no one will. It's okay. Think of that. Like we, a lot of us, we don't like rejection. We don't like rejection. We create all kinds of stories about rejection, but for whatever reason, that person was a no, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to be a no. And so just because you get one no doesn't mean you stop asking. You get to ask somebody else. You get to think about why they were a no, really hear their feedback, ask them, hey, could you support me on why you're a no? Oof, that can be uncomfortable because they may not want to share that with you. But that's where the magic is, especially when you're talking about, about some things like at work. If somebody said, no, I'm not going to do this, it's probably not because they don't really want to do it. It might be because they got a lot on their plate and they're thinking that what you're asking them isn't a high enough priority. One of the things that I train my team to ask me, well, let's be honest, I think they trained me, is I would say, 
all right, here are our priorities. And if I would add another priority on there, they would say, all right, where do you want me to put this in the level of priorities? Is this a higher priority? So they didn't say no when I asked them about things. What they would say to me is, well, it can be a yes, but what else gets to change so that this gets to be the top priority? Now, I used to work in advertising for a lot of years, and we'd say, for time and money, anything is possible. So you can get time, money, great work. You can have two of them, and you can have, you can have really fast turnaround time and great work, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. You can have really great work, really expensive, quick time, right? You can have uh, work, and you can have it really fast, but you, I mean, that's going to be expensive, or you can have it be cheap. And you can have it be great work, but it's going to take forever. So you can have two of those three, but you can't have all three. You can't have it be cheap, quick, and great work. Because if it's cheap and quick, it's not great work. So think about that of order of priorities. And so sometimes somebody's no, you're creating a story about why that's a no. And until we get curious and answer why that's a no, then we can learn and we might be able to make adjustments so that it can be a yes. People want to be a yes. They want to be a yes to you. But we get to set them up to succeed. And when we do that, it sets us up to succeed. So we get to be curious about why a no might be a no. All right, guys, we are going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to wrap all of this up. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership and learning all about support, how to get better at asking for it. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Recent for your next event at KathleenRecent.com. That's KathleenRecent.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And we've been talking about all about support, how to get better at asking for it, being clear about what we want, being clear about how others can support us, being clear about using languaging that's saying, hey, I could use your support. This is what support looks like. Okay, so getting very clear about what support looks like. Remember when I said my son and the laundry, and I said, this is what support looks like. So oftentimes, if we can get that clear with people about what support looks like, it makes it a lot easier for them to be a yes. Now, there's one other question I'm going to add in there. I did mention it when I was talking about my son, but I want to be really clear about mentioning this as a tool that you can use. So oftentimes when we get this far and we say, hey, will you support me? Hey, will you, uh, this is what support looks like. We get there, okay? And I honor you if you've gotten that far. Yes, this is a huge step. But this last piece is something that oftentimes we assume. We don't often get a yes because we didn't assume. And when we assume, we don't know whether it's a yes or no, but we're moving forward as if it's a yes. And this is what gets us into trouble. So listen up, take a note. What oftentimes the question we forget is, Will you honor my request? Will you honor my request? So think about that. If you've asked for support, you've described what support is, and somebody's hung on with you that long, oftentimes what happens is we assume that they are a yes. But assumptions don't get us anywhere. You guys have probably heard it. It really just makes an ASS out of you and me. Yes. 
So we get to say, will you honor my request? And we get to give the space for them to be a no. And if they're a no, go back to what we just talked about. Be curious. Why are they a no? So that they can be a yes. But make sure that you're asking the question, will you honor my request? Because if we forget that, then we get frustrated when we assume that they were a yes, but they're not. And they're not doing what we asked. And we say, oh my gosh, this is, I asked for support and they said they were going to do it, but they didn't actually do it. And you guys, this is one of the biggest challenges that I see when my clients come talking to me, when I'm talking about it from a stage, when, I, when people are describing these situations where they asked for support and people didn't show up for them, oftentimes what the gap is, as that they didn't actually say, will you honor my request? And they made an assumption that the person they were talking to was a yes when they really weren't. And so is that the other person's fault? No, not at all. It's our responsibility to get a yes. Will you honor my request? Yes. And then we are saying shared responsibility. That person is owning what we've asked of them. But if they're not a yes, if they don't specifically say it or you don't ask it, we get to assume that they are a no. So hear that. That's the piece that we miss. And oftentimes that's what sets us up to fail. We do the work to figure out what support looks like. We do the work to ask someone. We do the work to be specific, but we forget to ask, will you honor my request? So when you use that whole process, when you're very specific about what support looks like, when you realize the people around you that would be great at supporting you, that would be willing, and then you ask them, and then you're very specific about what it looks like to them, then you say, will you honor my request? I mean, just think about that. How many times have you skipped that step? It's the same thing like when we're asking, we've talked about feedback a lot in this show. And one of the questions I, I actually just got asked this the other day. Somebody said, well, when you deliver feedback, what's the, what's the biggest tip that you have on delivering feedback? And I said, oh, <laughs> I got one. I said, it's asking in the very beginning, are you open to feedback? They're like, no, no, no. Like, we've already assumed that. I said, no, 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 stop. Oftentimes when we get into feedback, we just put it out there, just blurt it out, verbal vomit it. We forgot, we forget to say, are you open to feedback? If they're a no to that, they don't hear anything else you say. So how many times do we waste our words because somebody really wasn't open? It's the same thing here when we're asking about support. We spend all this time prepping and being specific and having a conversation, but we don't actually say, will you honor my request? So that's the words you get to figure out this whole process, being specific. Will you honor my request? Yes, absolutely. So next week, I teed it up earlier. I told you about the one thing. So use this 2022 goal setting, this one thing method. So you know it's about being very specific, but we're going to talk all about that in next week's show. Make sure you listen to that next Monday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, we can 8 a.m. Pacific <laughs> all the times, but uh, tune in on Monday to listen to that. You guys, uh, this, this entire year of shows has been my honor to just give this as a year and a half that I have 
been on the radio and the podcast and, and the TV show and been delivering this content to you. So if you have any questions about the content that you're hearing or something that you want to know about, or you're interested in bringing me onto a stage, I do both virtual and in-person events. If you're interested in that, please reach out to me. I am booking 2022 now. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Or if you have any other thoughts on content that we can bring to the show, please let me know. Or guests, even. I am all open to that and want to support you. And if anything that you're hearing is ringing true to you or you have additional questions, be sure to ask them because that's what this is set up to be. I am showing up every week as my gift to you. And it is giving me the gift of being clear on my messaging. And so this is, as we're talking about support, this show is supportive to me. And the question is, is it supportive to you? Is it supportive to you? So will you honor my request of reaching out, telling me what you're hearing, what's working for you, what's not working for you. My request is that you send me an email at Kathleen at KathleenReason.com, the subject line, your show or the Kathleen Reason show, and put in the information on there. What's working for you on the show? What do you want to see? Where do you want to go? Do you have any questions for me? Okay. Will you honor my request? to send me that email with the information. I want to hear what, I don't even know who listens, right? You see the numbers on the show, but I want to hear from real people, real people, because you guys, there's so many cool things happening in this world. We get to celebrate them. We get to enjoy them together. We get to share. And if there's any way that I can be of support to you in this process, I get to be that. I will be your cheerleader and it's going to be a lot of fun. So reach out, send an email, let me know. Remember subject, your show. And put what's working, what's not working, what do you want to hear? Will you honor my request? So in this moment, you have to be a yes or a no. Think about that. Will you honor my request? Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. That's how you get a hold of me. So again, next week, the one thing method. You have homework this week. Send me an email. That is your homework. Think about the by when of when you get to create this, okay? So that's the one thing we're going to talk about next week in the one thing method is having by whens. When I say that, it means being specific. So this show, I am recording it on a Monday. I don't know when you're listening to it, maybe live now. But if you're listening to it at the replay, think about this. Give yourself 24 hours to complete this task. If you are a yes to me and to my request for support, give yourself 24 hours because this is where we're going to, this is, I'm setting you up for success in how we think about things that we're a yes to. We give ourselves a buy win, which means in the next 24 hours, I will have completed my task. Okay. When we get into the habit of working like that, we create success for ourselves, for the people around us. We are our word. We are committed. And guess what? When we look at all the statistics that say people want to work for leaders who are committed, who are their word, who are in integrity, all these things that I'm teaching you that we're walking through right now, this is how we be an example of it. It's so beautiful. So thank you so much for joining me today. Happy holidays. Enjoy time with your family. Be sure to celebrate and just embrace this season. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.